0: Last time on Red Desert Roleplay,
1: Lord Commander Quiridon Silverwing, it is my distinct honor and privilege to introduce to you the Retro Lady Fausta of the House Perbeek Garnet Wing, of the Miracle Clutch of that family, and her associate Wilhelm of the Verathi.
0: So you know about the rogue ARI that stole that Verathi ship? Yes, I do. The commander who stole it is my brother.
1: You've got to be kidding me. As far as I am concerned, any mission that specifically involves keeping anyone away from something means that we are in a battle zone. There may not be enemies here yet, but we must be primed.
0: Primed? For... exactly who would the enemies be?
1: Our orders specifically from our governments are that we are to keep anyone from crossing to the city ship. While we certainly would not treat any ship coming through, uh, every ship coming through as a threat that needs to be sunk, we certainly will treat them as hostile should they attempt to cross.
0: Hmm. So uh, what happened to the ship that just broke past the blockade?
1: What ship that got past the blockade?
2: But already we've been attacked out here. And by those in the same employ
1: as us?
0: What did happen to Edmund?
1: And why would you be here if you didn't already know?
0: Sir, I haven't spoken to Edmund in months.
2: We've been um, contracted by Lord Commander Queridon to recover his, uh, crewman that may have, uh, absconded with the ship that was seen to be scuttled.
0: Before we go any further, well, as we are going is, um, I would like to get to know everyone a bit better. I need to know that I can trust you in situations to not lose that brilliant head of yours.
3: Is this about me shooting that guy in the face?
2: Yes. Let's hope things don't get dire, shall we?
1: Hello Armchair Adventures and welcome to Red Desert Roleplay, an actual play podcast where friends from across Wyoming collaborate on an epic interactive story. I am your game master Aaron Volner. You can find out more about me and my books at aaronvolner.com if you want to. And I've got a little disclaimer for you. If you are a parent of children under the age of 16, please do use discretion when listening to our show as it is intended for adults and older teens. So, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and introduce our players for our next session of The Fog of Verilon. Our first player tonight is uh, Jerry Evans.
2: howdy do! I will be,
1: uh...
2: Hi, I'm Jerry. I'll be playing Wilhelm, as usual, and, uh, I'll be scared shitless as soon as things go violent, as usual.
1: Nice. All right, our next player is Jessica Evans.
0: Hi, guys. I am Jessica, and of course, I will be returning in my role as Fausta.
1: All right. So, our next player is Jeremy Gomez. Greetings, bro
4: nachos. K pasa? I'm here eating some queso. Queso,
1: let's get going.
5: <laughs>
0: womp womp.
1: If you couldn't tell, uh, Jeremy is the only one of our cast who has kids, so he is the master of the dad joke in our group. <laughs> he has official credentials. <laughs> and last but most certainly not least, we have Don Probst. Uh,
3: well, I was going to reprise my role as Tulin tonight, but after that, I'm feeling slightly nauseous, so we'll just have to see how this goes. That was truly awful in its in its awfulness.
2: Don, are you lactose intolerant? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it was a pretty cheesy joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here all night.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a good one. Okay,
1: let's not have a cow over the joke here.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe you should
4: move on.
3: I Wonder if any other podcasts have any openings.
1: Well, that's just bull. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well,
0: I dare all of our listeners out there to find anything more entertaining than this.
2: Make it stop.
1: Something something milk. All right, I suppose we should go ahead and hook it <laughs> on into the main story here.
3: I think we've milked this fun far enough.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's utterly played out. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> on a serious note, I'm truly impressed that we've actually had pretty solid ones up until now.
3: Unfortunately, we've lost half the listeners.
2: <laughs> half and half the listeners. You you missed the opportunity. Come on. Right <laughs> now, now it's over. Now you it's over. Thanks, Don. Would you nice. would
0: you say they uh, whipped cream out of here?
2: <laughs> I would not actually <laughs> say that.
5: Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Killing me <be false>. uh, <laughs> Okay, now it's just awkward. Uh,
1: Alright.
0: <laughs> Anyways, uh, find us online.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys uh, may remember in our last session, after a tense conversation with Lord Commander Quiridon Silverwing, of the Aurai Nation, you guys managed to make it past the blockade that is guarding the Fathomless Heaven. And you are now on your way to the wreck of the Great City Ship. Um, Now the armada is far enough out. It takes about, depending on the speed of your ship, anywhere like maybe six to eight hours to get there. They've set up a pretty wide ring around the ship there. So, there's a good period of time where you guys are traveling to the ship. So, um, most of the party was resting uh, when last we left. Uh, Fausta was up on the quarter deck. Um, So I'm going to say a few hours have passed at this point, and Chip, you are at the rail of the ship. Uh, You're kind of in a break between duties. Uh, with sailing here. And the shanty man, J-Lock, comes up to you. And, uh, of course, he's blind, so he's kind of feeling his way around there. He's got a hand on the rail. He comes up and he uh, kind of leans against the rail next to where you are. He says, Hmm.
5: How are you this evening, Chip? I I sense that...
4: There may be something on your mind. Good evening. I'm just uh, excited to finally get to where we're finally traveling to. It's a beautiful night. Uh, the wind is calm.
5: Uh, mm. I do miss my family.
4: I wish I'd like to see them again, get back to them. But I know that this is important, so hopefully... Hopefully we can get the answers that we're all looking for. Mm. Yes, I hope you do.
5: Chip, I... I wanted
1: to take a moment to thank you. I know this crew has only been together for a short time, but... I can sense that several of my fellow pilgrims are already learning some things from you. I really appreciate that, that you've taken the time to show them some things that you've gathered from your experience out on the cloud sea. I'm afraid that I won't be able to contribute as much once we get to the wreck, but there is one thing that I'd like to give you if you'll accept it. And he uh, he pulls an item out of his pocket, and it's interesting because it looks kind of like a, um, one of the mallets that he uses to beat the, uh, shanty drum. Only it's been hollowed out, and it's got, like, holes in a mouthpiece carved in it, so basically it's been turned into a flute. And he says, now, I want to make clear, I, I do expect this back when this mission is over, but... This is my way flute. You are, I'm sure, aware that the orcs of ancient times are half of our heritage among the Havarg. The way flutes are a tradition passed down from them. They are carved out of an object of significance to that person, and so the music created by each is as unique as that person's heartbeat. It is said that in times of uncertainty or darkness the way flute can bring clarity i don't know what help it might be but it's one of the few things i can offer you and he kind of holds it out for you to take
4: i reach out and i accept it and i slightly bow my head and i say i am very thankful to for this wonderful tribute of friendship and i appreciate you accepting me into your culture and i will cherish this and bring it back to you
1: in a timely manner i am quite confident that you will and he uh, reaches out and finds your arm and then kind of follows it up to your shoulder and pats your shoulder before he turns and walks off and i am going to put in the group chat um uh, what the flute does uh, <laughs> since it is now an item in your inventory so before we move on is there anything that anybody wants to do aboard ship before we arrive at the wreck
5: i don't think
0: so um unless like chip i don't know where you were at the meeting you know i called everybody to attendance And I'm very disappointed because I was not able to hear you introduce yourself formally. If you could just, for my peace of mind, introduce yourself, tell me uh, your name. I want to know why you're here, and then I would like to hear an interesting fact about you. Also, please don't miss any more meetings.
1: This is a very Fausta moment.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, Lady Fausta, I apologize um i am chip i am a forest harvester but uh i'm here i'm here to find answers because i want to live in a world without the fog i want to live in a world without the separation of classes and castes and i want to be able to move openly on the land and be able to hang in the trees and appreciate them for their beauty instead of for their what they give us
0: I'm sorry if it came across as me
5: being too hard on you or too too cross, but um, staff meetings are very important,
0: and I, I need you to be there.
4: Chip's going to smile and puff his chest out a little bit, and he's going to be thinking to himself, I really thought all I was was a worker drone. I did not think that I needed to be here at the staff meeting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Faust is like going to clap his shoulder and just, you know, walk off. Well, Chip, good talk. Thank you. And uh, I I will see you on board the Fathomless Heaven.
4: I look very forward to it. Onward and upward.
1: Okay, so after about six hours have passed altogether from when you guys uh, made it past the blockade. You guys arrive at a point where you can see the wreck of the Fathomless Heaven clearly enough to figure out where there are landing points. It's still fairly dark, um, but there's a hint of sunshine starting to break color uh, to the east. So... Um, Fausta and Wagnera still very much have an advantage in terms of sight here, but, uh, Malin has his glass out and is surveying what he can of the fathomless heaven, uh, from the quarter deck there. And, um, let's see, I'm guessing, let's see, where, um, where do you think you are at this point, um, Fausta? Are you still up on the quarter deck or did you go below decks at some point?
0: I imagine I'm still probably up on the quarter deck.
1: Okay. So, Malin is there. He says, Well, um, Lady Fausta, it seems we have a choice. I see several potential landing spots.
5: Okay. Go on.
1: Well, there's an area towards the topmost deck there, the one that's Open to the air, kind of like where we're standing now on our ship. There's an area there we could land. Um there's what looks to be an observation deck kind of in the mid decks of the ship over there, and then there's a spot sort of on the underside where I think we could get up in there and find a spot to to dock in there. Um what do you think?
0: Um
5: Oh my gosh, I I'm sorry, Malin. Um I don't know. What do you think? Well
1: I can't see as many details as I'd like. Perhaps he kinda holds the uh telescope the looking glass out there to you, and he says, Perhaps you could take a look at the spots and see if you see anything that I don't.
0: Fausta like gingerly takes it and OH <laughs> Well, yeah, I'd love
5: to. You just hold it over.
0: Oh, I imagine. Yeah, I I can figure this one out. It's easy. Um, all right. I'm assuming you want me to roll something for this.
1: Um, do, 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 let's see. I'm trying to decide if I want an observation roll or a perception roll for this. Um, do, 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 except I. Th- Hold on, let me double check. I think Observation is specifically
5: about people, though. Let me double check the book.
1: Observation. Observing dangerous or entrancing situations. Use this skill to monitor a location, group of people, or your immediate surroundings for concealed or tactically significant details. Okay. So go ahead and give me an observation roll.
0: All right. Well, I guess I'm going to get the shitty ones out of the way early tonight. I just rolled a 14. Uh, My observation skill's at 12, so three dice with uh, no benefit.
1: Okay. So you look at the three spots, but you're a little lost as to (laughs) what would really make a good landing spot. You do notice, simply because it would be impossible to not notice it, that at the mid-deck place, there is a ship there.
0: Hmm. Man, this reminds me of, like, when I used to go hunting with my dad and he'd be like, Hey Jess, look, there's a deer! And he would just, like, point and there's a whole mountain. And I'm like, where?! And then he'd be like, no, right there. Do you see it? Like right where I'm pointing. And it's like, you're pointing at an entire mountain. Anyways, I digress. Um, <laughs> Faust is going to hand the, uh, is it telescope, spotting scope? I'm not savvy with ship terms. so um, you, um,
1: you can't call it a telescope. I think the technical term for it is a long glass.
0: A long glass. That sounds way cooler. Um, Faust is going to hand the long glass back and be like, well, thank you for letting me look that's really cool um it looks like there's a ship in the middle area of the ship um and i don't i don't necessarily want to deal with anyone um i don't know what ship it could be the ship that they stole i can't i can't see the sun's coming up it's uh it's just really hard to say which is the easiest one to get to
1: well, certainly the easiest one to get to would be the upper decks.
0: Well very well, let's do that.
1: Alright, you're the captain. So Malin whips everybody into shape and gets you guys headed on a course for the upper decks of the Fathomless Heaven. And as the Scarlet Keelan gains altitude and starts to pull in uh, towards the wreck there, you guys notice something really unexpected about the ship there. Um, The majority of the uppermost deck that is open to the sky of the Fathomless Heaven has become overgrown with basically uh, a forest over the last 50 years. There is just all kinds of tangled plant life that has gotten quite tall in the time that the ship has been away um so it's almost like an old growth kind of wooded area um throughout most of the upper deck that's so cool why thank
2: you <laughs> um, <laughs> i think uh i think wellhelm just goes well i never saw that on hearth fleet i mean you know they had you know uh As we established earlier, the Hearth Fleet that we met with—they have—they actually, you know, grow. They have some agriculture. They have a whole ship that they grow this special medicinal plant on. So, um, it—I think that kind of catches Wilhelm by surprise. Just like, oh wow, that can get out of hand. (laughs) Like, that's—it's literally wild.
1: Let's see, uh, Tulin, go ahead and give me a perception roll, if you would.
3: Pretty sure Tulin does not perceive nothing, because that's a
1: 14. <laughs> oh my, this is the night of 14, apparently. So, um, yes, Tulin does not perceive anything of importance. All right, so the Scarlet Keelan uh, gets pulled into the upper deck of the ship there. And, you know, there's a little bit of uh, rigmarole as Chip and the Havarg get everything uh, lashed down and get the ship docked. And then you guys are secured to the outer rail of the Fathomless Heaven with looming old growth sitting just ahead of you. Now, there is like a uh, a path where you can walk around where the old... Uh, garden beds or garden fields more like on the Fathomless Heaven where, um, I mean, it's got some, like, ground cover that's grown out over it as well, um, but the path is still there, so there's a few feet in between where uh, your ship is docked and the actual forest, but for the most part, it's right there when you guys get to the end of your gangplank. So, what would you like to do now?
0: Um... How many more hours of, like, nighttime slash dawn would you- You said that dawn is coming, so-
1: I'm gonna say it'll probably be daylight in about an hour.
0: Okay, um, I mean, we could probably explore for a couple hours and then take a quick nap.
2: I was just gonna ask, like, how's Fausta feeling? Has she been up all night? (laughs) Because that seems to be- Normal for her. Yes. I also think, as a, a college student, like all dayers are probably normal for her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all, all dayers.
0: You're the worst. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I could see her. I imagine she's probably been up for like 12, 13 hours. I'm not entirely sure how much sleep she would need going off of like human sleep cycle, I imagine that like eight hours would probably be a good number for her. So yeah, I think she's going to um gather the the folks who signed on Nada's hearth fleet and ask them their opinions. What do you all think we should do?
4: Chip's all about going down on the to the surface of the ship. You know, he's, he's already started to, uh, you know, tighten his, his uh, leather straps on, on his uh, vest and getting his, his ropes ready and checked. He, he's ready to go rappel. He wants to go down on the ship.
3: Hulin is kind of thinking where we're docked in relation to where Fausta's professor's friend was stationed on the ship. I mean, it was a famous ship. Surely there are some at least sketches of what's where still surviving. So he's just kind of figuring out, you know, is it close enough we could get there in an hour or should we save that for another day and just kind of see what's going on?
2: I think Wilhelm is. uh, Wilhelm's ready to go, but he's also looking at the overgrowth. On the ship, just still in awe at it and just then wondering, oh, God, what kind of bugs are on this? Are there going to be bugs here? Oh, man. How is all this stuff alive? And of course, he's just internalizing all of that. And he's like, yeah, ready to go. Just like kind of holding his crossbow like like, (laughs) oh, boy, I'm probably going to need this, huh?
1: So. Question, are you guys planning on bringing Vagnera with you or leaving him on the ship?
0: I imagine Fausto would probably leave him on board as just like, you know, Vagnera is the babysitter while I'm gone. I can't think of a better term than babysitter right now, but, you know, second in command.
2: Would first mate apply there?
0: I don't know. I haven't read the sailing book yet. (laughs)
2: i don't i don't know if first mate is second in command or not my guess is yes judging from muppet treasure island because the eagle guy the eagle muppet is i isn't the eagle muppet the first mate or
1: i don't know i think he's the first yeah or no he or yeah he's the first mate in that show but okay. yes yeah, so the so, so the hierarchy on a ship would go um Captain, and then first mate, second mate, third mate, and then uh, the bosun. Faithful navigator.
5: Duh, duh, duh. Okay,
0: so I guess it's uh first mate. Wagner, you're in charge while we're out. I don't expect to be gone longer than just a few hours. And then we'll wrap it up and come back. Take a nap, and then head out um at dusk tonight.
5: Very good, Miss Fausta. All right. Well, (laughs) cally-ho. All right.
1: So, as you guys descend the gangplank, you suddenly feel the need to roll for perception.
3: (laughs) I hit it exactly. My perception's 11. I rolled an
5: 11. Same! Ooh! I rolled a five. Ooh! <sighs> I missed it. I got a rock. Okay. So,
1: um, several things happen here. So, um, first off, uh, Fausta, you hear something very interesting. Not something you would have expected to hear, but you hear something that sounds like leaves rustling or something being dragged through the dirt coming from the uh, growth on the deck. Uh, At the same time, Wilhelm, uh, inside the growth, you catch a uh, spot of movement. So you see something like moving around in there And um, Tulin, what you notice actually has nothing to do with the immediate surroundings. Uh, (laughs) It suddenly occurs to you that this ship is still airborne and the flight bladders are inflated, but there is no exhaust from whatever fuel is powering it.
3: Not to mention the fact that the crew's probably been dead for 50 years and couldn't stoke the boilers anyway, but this is pretty impressive.
5: Everyone wait. I heard something.
0: I think... there's life on this ship.
5: Oh, I hope that's just a
2: bug.
0: What? You didn't see that? See what? There's something
2: moving out there!
0: There's something being drugged! I heard it!
2: Did anybody smell something? Then we have three major senses covered. <laughs> we can triangulate on this.
3: It certainly wasn't me.
5: Okay, well... Um, I'm not
3: sure what you're trying to insinuate.
2: Row up. And uh, <laughs> and I think uh, Wilhelm, he, he kind of you know, holding on to his crossbow, not even having it, like, at the ready. He probably doesn't realize if it's, you know, even cocked and loaded or anything, but he kind of slowly inches forward to where he heard some ruffling, or saw saw the foliage ruffling.
4: So Chip's chips pretty intrigued at this point. He's He doesn't see anything, so he's excited, so he swings the starboard winch over the the edge of the the bow and he's getting ready to uh he's got he's all tied off he's getting ready to uh, to uh jump he's got his repelling gear on he's ready to rock and roll he's just waiting for direction
1: oh so chip. you want to like drop into the growth from above
4: yeah, he's excited
1: oh okay
3: say chip, you have much more experience with this than the rest of us do. Kill all of the people, but leave the plants completely untouched. I mean, if it was the ground, I could understand other plants from far away could spread their seeds, but this is a boat.
4: Tips like, I've never heard a vessel run without hearing the engine sounds, or at least seeing some type of vibration. These ballasts don't even look like they're full of warm or hot air. So he's pretty confused. He wants to get down on the on the ship to get it checked out. Very odd.
1: Alright, so um, Fausta's got the folks on the gangplank stopped, and Chip has put himself out on the um, winch with his rappelling gear over there, so what would you guys like to do?
0: Um, I mean... Faust is just going to call out to Chip and tell him to be careful. Um, there's movement on the ground, so um, I trust that you can get yourself out of a situation if you um, find yourself caught. Everyone, please be stay aware of your surroundings. Keep an eye on Chip. We don't want to lose anybody within the first few hours of being here.
1: Okay, so let's see
5: here.
3: Tulin leans into Fausta and says, Why do you suppose he doesn't just walk on like the rest of us?
5: <laughs> Fausta
3: shrugs her shoulders.
5: I, I don't know, but he seems really excited. So we'll just let him have it.
4: Works for me. So so Chip turns to Tulin, gives him like a, a squinty-eyed look and says, Hello, if there's anything in there... You can reel me back
3: up. I don't have all of the I don't quite have all of the uh, the bugs worked out of that mechanism yet. Uh, We might launch you all the way to the high perch.
4: What You have to do to run the winch once you once I've descended. (laughs) is turn it counterclockwise and we will come right back. I'll come right back up. He's very frustrated at this point, because this is second nature to everyone he's ever talked to.
0: Is Wagnera seeing everybody
5: off?
1: Yeah, Vagnara is, uh, standing there, mm-hmm. and, um, to anyone else, probably wouldn't notice this, but Fausta has known him long enough that she can tell he's kind of, like, holding back a little chuckle at this exchange. And, um... He pipes up and he says, Master Tulin, I do not believe it's necessary to use your prototype wench for this particular excursion. We can simply use the standard one to lower Chip down into the overgrowth.
3: Ah, yes, I suppose that would suffice.
1: Okay, so what roll am I going to ask for from Chip on this? Uh, Chip, go ahead and give me a dex roll, if you would roll
4: coming up. Brand new set of dice. Here we go. Oh,
1: by one. Alright. So, uh, you work the mechanism just like you're used to and it lowers you down into the overgrowth there. And you find a spot where you can kind of work your way down into the branches. And you find yourself in the midst of this uh, forest here and you notice that there's a lot of like food growing in here like a lot of these are fruit bearing plants so they've got different foodstuffs growing on them a lot of it's fallen to the ground and rotted but you know new stuff is ripening some stuff is in season some stuff's not Uh, and go ahead and give me another perception roll if you would hey here we go for perception smoked it Got it. So, you notice down below you and kind of off to your right, it looks like, how much did you get it by? Did you get it, like, right on or? By two. By two? Okay. So you notice something that looks, like, when you first see it, it almost looks like running water. But when you take a closer look at it... um. It's, it's almost like a moving tree trunk or something like that. There's like a big round thing that's kind of like moving through the undergrowth. And then it uh, vanishes from your sight. All right. So Chip's going to look at it.
4: He's going to squint really hard, kind of get down a little bit low. At this point, he's already started to pull out his axes. And he's like, did I really see that? It looked very large this point he's kind of going to get a little bit apprehensive of making this rash of a decision to to repel onto the the center of this deck and this all this greenery and he's going to take a couple steps towards it to see if he can see where or what it was and try to walk in towards some of the foliage being very very cautious
1: Okay, so I think uh, this is going to necessitate a stealth roll from the way you've described it here. Um, but I don't believe Chip has the stealth skill, does he?
4: Nope, he's a big, fumbling, bumbling lumberjack, so he's got no stealth roll.
1: Okay, so default for stealth uh, is dexterity minus five is your target number.
4: Okay. Did not get
1: that. Okay, so as you are walking towards it, there, you step on a brittle branch and it snaps, and you immediately hear a rustle in the foliage up ahead. And about, mm, I'm going to say 10, 15 feet uh, from the ground, a massive head appears. It pokes out. Uh, it is the head. Of a great big snake. Um, so it's kind of like an anaconda, only this thing, from looking at it, it's probably about like 50 feet long. So if you're familiar at all with the Titanoboa from prehistoric times, uh, that's essentially what we're looking at here. Big ol' honking snake. Um, now, this particular Titanoboa has kind of a an odd feature you notice uh, when the head. Pops out. There are glowing symbols along its forehead, and uh, running like down the sides of its neck.
4: Oh, that's alarming. Chip's gonna freak out a little bit. He's gonna he's gonna slowly say, "Snake." That's a monster. So he's gonna he's gonna quickly raises hatchet up above his head and and wave it. Hopefully, hopefully Tulin will see him waving his hatchet. He's hoping that maybe he will uh get out of there because he knows that that these giant snakes sense heat and the Hedral, when they get super excited obviously start to get a little bit warm. So he's gonna be he's gonna be very cautious at this point. Hopefully Tulin just pulls him right back in. Very excited, very,
3: very frightened. <laughs>
1: Okay, I saw Don make a roll here.
3: <laughs> Tulin's IQ is 11, and Don rolled a 12. So Tulin sees the gesture and says, I believe you thing, the coast is clear, and we should come down and join
5: him. <laughs> I, I mean, okay. Yeah, that does look like a wave. Well, very well, let's go.
1: Okay. So you guys are setting off from the, well, Tulin's up on the winch there, but um, Wilhelm and Faust, are you setting off from the gangplank into the overgrowth there? Yeah, I'm I'm game. All right. And Tulin, are you going to come back down to the ship and walk on the gangplank? Or are you going to jump down, shimmy down the rope? How are you going to get down there?
3: Uh, Tulin's going to wave back at Chip as he walks to the gangplank and follows <laughs> Fausta and Wilhelm down.
1: Okay. So, meanwhile, Chip, uh, as you are not being pulled upwards <laughs> out of the vision of the snake, um, the snake moves in, and it's kind of waving its head back and forth, and you can see its tongue <laughs> licking out to taste the air, and it uh, kind of gets like... Not super close to you, but, you know, relatively close, and it's kind of looking down at you. And it opens its mouth to reveal all of its fangs and everything, and, like, sticks its tongue out to really taste the air. And then it pulls back, and the um, glowing symbols on it start to kind of pulse. Uh, So, Chip, I am going to need a will roll from you, if you would, please. Okay, so quick point of uh, contention: Do I recognize
4: these symbols at all? Can I read? You them? do not. I do not. Okay, so, so it's something outside of his scope for sure. Do I'm getting ready to bail you guys? I'm not going to lie. Ooh, I did not get that.
1: Okay, so with a failed will roll, um you feel this compulsion to just walk towards the snake. All right.
4: I'm going to, uh, for some reason, still be very uneasy, but at this time I'm not quite threatened. So I'm going to go ahead and put one of my hatchets back in its sheath and start walking towards the snake uneasily looking at this giant majestic beast that I would be in awe of if I was soaring high, safely above the canopy. And I'm going to start walking towards the
1: snake, looking deep into its eyes. Alright, so as Chip advances towards the snake here, um, let's see here. I'm going to... See, there are two ways I can do this, and I think I'm just going to go ahead and take a dex roll uh, from the rest of you.
3: Rolled an 11, my dex
0: is 12. I rolled an 11 and my dex is 10.
2: I rolled an 11 and my dex is 10.
1: Okay. So, uh, next question. Are you guys trying to stay together as a group or are you going at different speeds?
0: I mean, the way that I see it is trying to stay as a group. I think Fausta would hang back with the party at this point.
1: Okay, so uh, that means you guys can only go as fast as your slowest member, and your slowest member failed the dex roll. So uh, you guys do not make it to where Chip is in time to see what happens next, which is uh, as Chip gets close to the snake, it starts like very gently starting to wrap a coil around him. Uh, Chip, go ahead and give me another will roll right quick. Ooh, I smoked that one. Six. Okay, so, as the first coil wraps around you, the sort of spell that the snake had you under kind of shakes away, and you realize that, oh shoot, this snake is trying to eat me. Uh, (laughs) so how would you like to react to this? Well... I'm going to let out
4: an ungodly scream and yell, Pull me in! Bring me back! Bring me back! Snake! 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 <laughs> I'm going to pull out my other hatchet and start hacking at this giant beast because I am in full on berserker panic mode right now.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, so uh give me a let's see so there's really no way that the snake can uh defend against this so i'm not going to have you do an attack roll let's just go straight to a damage roll uh your strength is 11 so on a swing you are going to roll one die and add one to it for the damage on this
5: ooh 7
1: i okay so the hatchet cuts into the snake's side. You inflict three points of damage uh, after the snake's armor takes effect uh, because it has a nice hide there. And uh, the snake is not particularly happy about this. It hisses, and the rest of the party hears both of these things. You hear the ungodly scream, and they pull-me-up, pull-me-up right now, and the giant hiss of the snake, how do you react?
0: Um. I think Fast is gonna, like, grab Wilhelm and, like, shake him, like, do you see it? Shoot it!
2: <clears throat> oh boy, that's a lot of pressure on Wilhelm. Uh. <laughs> so here's the thing, like, I think Wilhelm's all like already like apprehensive and stuff, coming onto this and hearing big old chips scream at the top of his lungs. Snake, snake, get me out of here! And uh, and Wilhelm don't don't fuck around with uh, scary things. I don't think it's running through his head. Oh, it's probably just a little garter snake. I think Wilhelm's just all like, oh my god, um. <laughs> So do we are do we actually see Chip at this point, or do we just hear him? Um,
1: no, since you guys failed the Dex, you guys don't actually see him yet, you just hear him.
2: I kind of think we should head towards him, but also, Wilhelm's not necessarily the brave type.
1: Yes, um, I think we are going to, to, to need an anxiety roll from Wilhelm here. Oh boy,
2: here we go. I make it. I okay. all nine. Yes. So I think uh I think Wilhelm just like, you know, kinda pulls himself out of it because he's freaked out, but he's all like, we gotta go help him, and just like starts running in that direction. Still not sure that his crossbows even cocked
1: or <laughs> loaded.
2: <laughs> but like he's all like, we gotta go.
1: Okay. Uh, so, will you three give me another dex roll, if you would?
2: I, I... miss mine by one.
5: <laughs> Same. I rolled an eleven again.
3: Um. I made mine. I rolled an eight. My dex is twelve. Uh. Are we? Would it be closer for Tulan to run back to the winch on the ship, or to get to Chip from where we are right now?
1: Hmm. Good question. I am going to let the dice decide this. So it would actually be uh, closer to just keep going.
3: Okay. Then that is what I will do.
0: Quick question. Since Vagnera heard all of this, did he, look like, assign somebody to the the winch on the ship? Do you think he would have done that?
1: He probably (laughs) would have done... Well, hold on. Would Wagnera have thought of that? Let me think. He probably would have thought of that. (laughs) I
2: I was gonna say, it might be good for just... Overall, if Wagnera didn't. Just because, like, you know, maybe he doesn't always save our asses.
1: Yeah, that's true. We don't want, uh... We don't want it to be like uh Wagner saves the day every time <laughs> something happens. <laughs>
2: he's coming you know clutch what? every time. He's gotta be afforded the ability to be I, I would say he human. Has to be but he's, <laughs> yeah,
1: yes, exactly. So uh Tulin, you leave. I'm assuming you guys are not worried about staying together since you're like rushing to go save Chip now, right? Or am I wrong?
3: Uh no, I'm going headlong, because I now feel responsible.
1: Okay, so, uh, Tulin, you go zooming ahead, uh, leaving Wilhelm and Fausta in your dust, and you break into uh, the clearing where Chip is, and uh, Chip, go ahead and let's see. So there's going to be a couple seconds uh, pass here before Tulin makes it there, so what do you want to do in the meantime? Actually, I misspoke. Um, the snake would get a move here. So the snake is going to like start to tighten the coil that it has around you. Uh, so go ahead and give me... What am I going to ask for on this? Give me a health roll. Ooh,
4: got it right on.
1: Okay. So you managed to resist the uh, the coil there. It's kind of coiled around your... Lower torso there, so you're. It's not crushing you yet, <coughs> but uh, the snake is definitely trying. And so, a few seconds later, Tulin bursts onto the scene, and you see this gigantic snake, uh, trying to wrap up Chip, who has a hatchet buried in its side as it is trying to squeeze him.
3: Look at the size of that thing! Why in the world did you tell us to come down with that thing? crawling around here. And then he pulls out his hand crossbow and and takes a shot at the, uh, I'm going to guess, the head. If it's a constrictor-type snake, its head's probably not real close to Chip. Uh, Basically, I'm going to aim for a part of the snake that is farther away from Chip.
4: Okay. Chip's going to be screaming at this point, Tulin, I said reel me up!
5: (laughs) Get me off of this ship!
4: And then I'm going to realize that he's standing right there. And I'm going to be like,
3: kill it! Kill it! Kill it now! I rolled a 10. My crossbow skill is 15.
1: Okay. So, the crossbow launches out and hits the snake. Uh, In the head, and... Go ahead, Tulan, and give me a damage roll for that. You know, at some point, um, I might work with our crossbow users here, because it just bugs me that the crossbow is considered a muscle-powered ranged weapon. Um, So at some point, we might rework this so the crossbow makes a little more sense. Uh, (laughs) But for now... Uh go ahead and give me your strength roll for the damage on, and I believe this would be considered a thrusting attack
3: impaling I think
2: it's yeah it's thrust plus four impaling ah, so thrust so you have two spots on your sheet for your damage. you have thrust and swing depending on how you're attacking, and then impaling is like a, a quality that adds on to it. So yeah, uh, crossbows, thrust, plus four.
5: Gotcha. Ooh. Let's see. I rolled a six, plus four would be ten. Okay. And... Where are my wounding modifiers? Oh, here they are. Okay, impaling damage doubles. So
1: let's see here. Ooh, the snake is not very happy about that. Uh, <laughs> the crossbow bolt buries itself in the snake's head. And, like, a big gush of blood comes gouting out of the snake's head there, and it, it's shaking its head around, and the coil just goes limp around uh, Chip. Or, and it's... um sort of, uh, you know, the snake version of limping. Uh, <laughs> kind of slithering itself away. And um, Tulin and Chip, go ahead and give me a perception roll right quick. So I lucked out. My character has search.
4: Oh, That's right. He does have the search skill. Right. And I might as well, if he's trying to slither away, I'm just going to hold on to my hatchets, which are since i also have Amadexterity, i'm just going to hold on to my hatchets as he's trying to get away
1: you are going to like ride the snake basically snake riding okay do let's see how did you do on the perception successful successful okay by how much uh
5: by 2 by 2 what about tulin
3: uh i rolled a 7 i made it by 4
1: okay So the two of you hear something really weird. You hear something that sounds like a voice echoing up from below decks, but you can't understand what language it is speaking in. Uh, It's not a language that either of you has heard before. And the snake seems to be shaking its head back and forth at the uh, sound of this voice. And then Tulin, you notice something else. Um, You notice in the undergrowth, there is a movement very much like the snake, but it's a lot smaller. And you notice, like, there's a little baby titanoboa that's slithering around there. It's probably about the size of, like, a regular boa constrictor. And it kind of pops up. But it doesn't have the glowing markings on its head. And it kind of makes this, like, adorably weird little sound and with that sound the snakes like fight just like gets even stronger and you see the like the glowing symbols on the snake sort of like go out for a second and then come back on and the snake starts to oh, i mean it's it's possibly going to um die pretty soon like its your crossbow bolt really wounded it pretty bad Uh Um, But it's still trying to slither its way out.
3: I will pick up the baby. I'm I'm sorry, little fellow. Seems I have shot your mother. And then follow Chip and the larger snake. See if I can figure out what's going on with those things on its head.
1: All right. And I'm going to roll here. Okay. So it's about this time that Wilhelm and Fausta arrive on the scene. So you guys walk onto the scene and you see Chip riding a giant snake uh, that is bleeding profusely off into the forest while Tulin is picking up a baby snake, which given its size doesn't actually look like a baby snake unless it's in comparison to the giant snake.
5: <laughs> what is going on
0: here?
4: Tulin made one hell of a shot, but I'm afraid we're not going to, it's, we trying to get away. And at that point, I realize that I'm still hooked to the tether, and I'm trying to unhook myself before I get ripped off the snake and lose my hatchet.
0: What are you all doing? Do something!
4: (laughs) You do something! We are doing something! (laughs) Stop the snake! Stop the snake! What? How?
3: I think something is controlling it with those glowing
5: symbols. Chloe's what Wilhelm shoot it uh
2: okay Wilhelm just uh goes for it um I kind of think we should roll to see uh if Wilhelm actually has a shot loaded in this thing
1: yeah. Uh, yeah that's a good point let's roll to see if he actually thought to load the crossbow at any point
2: Okay, so, low is good, like, ten and under, he did it?
1: Yeah, let's say ten and under.
2: Okay. Um, guess what? He did not. (laughs) He pulls it up and pulls the thing, and it's like, it doesn't shoot, and he's just like, shit! (laughs) And, like, fumbling and trying to, to load a thing up.
1: Uh, while this is going on, Chip, uh, give me a dex roll to see if you are able to get out of the harness successfully or not.
4: Yeah, that would be a good idea. Nope. Unsuccessful. Oh, dear. I'm going to bungee back to the ship, just so you know.
1: <laughs> so as the uh, big snake continues to move off into the uh, overgrowth there, the rope from the winch gets caught on an overhanging bough, and uh, Chip, you get ripped back uh, by the force of this branch holding the winch rope in place. Uh, so you end up sort of like dangling there above the forest floor. And uh, give me a strength roll to see if you are able to keep a hold of your hatchet that's buried in the snake's side or not.
4: That's a good idea. Got it.
1: Okay, so you do manage to keep a hold of your hatchet as the snake uh, and the bow, like, rip rip you apart from where you were riding on the snake there. I'm going to say that the snake, um, at this point, slithers away from view unless you guys decide that you want to pursue it further.
3: Uh, Tulan is following the snake.
1: Okay, you're going to follow the
5: snake?
3: Yes.
4: Is anybody else following the snake? Well, at this point, once I stop swinging from the branches, I'm going to reach up and just cut my tether. And then drop down and start trying to run towards Tulin and towards the snake.
0: I think I'm going to follow the snake, too.
5: Okay. So...
1: You guys are following the snake now, are you? Are you just following it to see where it goes, or are you following it like to try and finish it off?
3: Uh, Tulin is following the snake to see if he can catch up to it, and if he can rub those markings off its face.
1: Oh, okay, interesting.
4: Yeah, I've, I've uh, definitely figured out that Tulin's got the right idea on this, so I'm going to follow his lead since. He's here at the party. He can he can play with the snake a little bit more. Okay.
1: So, let's see here. Uh, you guys follow the snake for a little bit. It's pretty easy to follow it. Um, now you guys know where it's going and so forth. It's not moving super fast because of its wound. So, you follow it a little ways, and it ends up in this little clearing that it sort of dug out for itself. And there's eggshells that um, um, like these eggs were probably about the size of basketballs uh, (laughs) when they were originally laid. And there are several eggshells that have hatched recently and they're in little uh, snake prints going off from the nest. And the snake kind of like, this is obviously a safe spot for it. So it sort of curls up and you can see its head like jerking from side to side and the cymbals getting weaker and stronger as things go. And it's it's not doing itself any favors because every time it jerks around, you can see more blood starting to pour out of the side of its head. And Tulin, uh go ahead and give me, let's see, what am I going to require for this? Are you going to try and not be noticed going up to it or are you just going to like run right up to it and try to...
3: Just gonna run up to it and try to rub out whatever those things are.
1: Okay, uh, give me a dex roll if you would.
5: Uh, my dex is twelve. Okay, so you go and let's see. You
1: uh, the snake's snout there and. She sees you coming, and she tries to, like, knock you out of the way or something, but she's not very coordinated with everything that's going on. So you get up there, and you um, rub at the symbols, and you can definitely see the symbol reacting to what you're doing. Um, So go ahead and give me a will roll, if you would, please.
3: I'm going to spit on it,
5: see if that helps. Ugh! (laughs)
3: 16 on the will roll. That is not going to succeed.
1: Okay, so you smell like this really rich aroma on the air that seems to be coming from the snake. And it just fills you with this desire to like walk up to the center mass of the snake and just like hug it, and um, things like that.
3: When you guys finally catch up, you see Tulin sobbing gently with his arms stretched as far as he can around this giant snake, just mumbling, I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
1: Um, so now that you guys are there, Chip and Wilhelm, uh, go ahead and give me a will roll, right quick.
5: Okay. Nailed it. I did not.
1: Okay. Uh, how much did you miss it by, Wilhelm? Two. So your reaction is not quite as strong as Tulin's is, but uh, you definitely catch a scent on the air and you just you just feel this desire to like be near the snake and like touch it and have like your hand on its side, things like that. Um, Chip, you do catch a smell on the air, but it doesn't really compel you to do anything. Uh, and Fausta, you notice there's definitely something going on with the guy's behavior here. Um, something strange is going on. Uh, And if you would, right quick, give me a diagnosis roll.
0: I got an 8, and let's see what diagnosis is at. That's an 11, so I got it by 3.
1: So you notice that uh, the snake has passed out from blood loss, but surprisingly, based on the health roll that I just rolled for it here, uh, it is still alive. Oh, yes. What uh, would you like to do?
5: What are you guys doing? Anyone? Hello? So
3: would I be able to answer even though I want to hug the snake?
1: Um, I'm going to say yes, you can still answer. For
3: the terrible misunderstanding. It's a harmless snake, or something with the symbols on its face. It got its
5: baby, I killed its mother. What? Symbols, okay. Um. Oh my gosh, why? What? So, do we need, do we need to
0: kill the snake? Is it dead? Why are you hugging a dead snake?
2: Yes, you know that it's not dead because you made that diagnostic roll. Shut
5: up.
4: <laughs> so Chip, Chip's going to turn to Fausta and say, Lady Fausta, the the snake was clearly being controlled by another entity. I don't believe we're alone on this ship. Tulin's definitely sorry that he killed this snake even though it was attacking me.
0: Well, because I just remembered that I made my diagnosis roll, it's not
5: <laughs> dead. Um, okay, well, um, I mean, we, it doesn't have to die. I can, I can heal it. Is it going to attack us?
3: Ulin just failed his willpower roll. He is now sobbing unconsolably at the thought of killing this poor baby snake's mother.
0: Rulon, it's not dead. It's okay. Um, Okay, so Fausta is going to walk up to the bloody head of this now incapacitated snake and like, Look at the markings and see if there's anything that she can do to help it.
5: Let's see. Um,
1: so are you examining the wound or the markings?
5: Uh,
0: yes. Both? <laughs> yes.
1: Okay. Um. So let me think here. What? I'm, so give me a diagnosis role for the wound. And I'm trying to decide what I want to ask for on the markings
0: all right diagnosis i got a seven
1: okay and then let's see um give me a well no that wouldn't apply here unless you had done it at some point in the past um (laughs) um remind me what some of your like scholarly skills are i don't have your character sheet right in front yeah
0: and i can uh share it with you later if you would like to have it so i've got Um, research, diagnosis, first aid, observation. I've got humanities.
1: Okay. Now let me check on, I think research is just for, like, if you're actively doing research right now. I'm I'm trying to decide what to ask for, like, if I should just ask for an IQ roll or something to see whether Fausta would know what these symbols are or not. If she would have run across it at some point in school. Okay, help me make the judgment call here, guys. Can I ask for a research role um, to see if she would have run across a piece of information in the past, or should I do an IQ role for that? Usually I do an IQ role, but since Fausta has some of the scholar talents, um, I thought I would ask.
2: Uh, the, the part of me that absolutely would like her to succeed would like to know what's higher, her base IQ or research, and how different you know the scores are
0: so base IQ is 11 and research is 14
2: i mean because it research maybe doesn't fit in the tone that uh you know of the moment you might do research at a penalty and it would still be a boon to her like you yeah. could you could do it at like a a negative 2 penalty and it she'd still
3: yeah, yeah, I th- I think that's a fair compromise because to me IQ is like okay how good am I at figuring out problems or solving puzzles, whereas you're saying have you seen this language before? Well, that's more a question of study, and so that would fall more under research. But since we're kind of in that gray in between area, uh, yeah, I think. You know, basically take the average of the two,
2: May, or could could I maybe uh, propose something a, a little different here? go for it. Uh, so, Fausta, what is it? What's like the bulk of your studies? Like, what what are the things that you focus on in school?
0: So, Fausto focuses a lot on um, healing and. Magic, so.
2: Oh, okay. So, so healing, so like medicine, and in a sense, would you say that in your medical sciences kind of coursework, in this world that you know maladies, both natural and magical, would be like things that you would look for when you triage when you do a for for the sake of the role, a diagnosis role.
0: I mean, I could see that being the case just because um, there is so much different magic in the world that it would be probably important to be able to diagnose, like, if somebody's been hit with some sort of spell.
2: Because, I mean, get, so, and this is metagaming, but humor me. Um, given that Don did point out, hey, this seems to be what's causing the snake to act erratically, and you going over to investigate it. It seems like you could probably piggyback on the success of the diagnosis role. You know, to go like, okay, I know the thing's bleeding a lot, but also what the hell's going on with the, the glyphs or runes on it. So... I don't know. That might be especially because you do practice divine magic and you use, you know, healing magic as well. Like that. Okay, you, you've
1: convinced me. We can piggyback this onto the diagnosis roll <laughs>
2: <laughs> because it fits better than research too. And and just yeah. base IQ. Like it's hey, this is this is investigating what's going on right now, and not like oh, let me uh, bust out my books and flip through it. You know. <laughs>
1: Okay. Uh, and as I recall, Fausta definitely made the diagnosis roll, yes. Okay. So, as you are examining these symbols, Fausta, um, you have seen something like this in your uh, medical training. This is a type of uh, demonic compulsion. So it is a... Symbol from some kind of demonic entity that is exerting its will over the snake.
0: Can I use
5: my healing arcane magic to fix it.
1: Hmm. So you want to use... So you've got arcane mind and body. Mm-hmm. And you want to try and break the demonic hold on the snake. So power yeah, of
0: Christ compels you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, that, that skill does cover mind magic too, so I think that would work.
2: I love it when a plan comes together. Um.
1: Or just a plan we pulled out of our ass.
0: Alright, <laughs> so I did get the arcane magic, I rolled a 10, and my skill's at 12.
5: Okay.
1: Alright, so this is a pretty strong spell that's in place so you do succeed at breaking the demonic hold but you're able to tell that you have not permanently broken the hold like at some point whatever entity this is will be able to reexert control but for now you've broken the compulsion mm. and the symbols kind of like fade away
0: okay are the men of the party acting normal
1: Yes, uh, Tulin and Wilhelm, it's like you guys are waking up from a brain fog or a weird dream of some kind. And you guys find yourselves, like, standing there, like, hugging the snake, and, like, you don't entirely remember how you got there.
2: I think Wilhelm looks at it and just, like, (laughs) and, like, runs. (laughs) Like, not all the way, but, like, gets some distance goes, what the hell was I doing?
0: You were hugging the snake. The snake is under demonic control. Um, sh- she is not currently under demonic control, but she will be under demonic control again at some point. So, um, as far as who is controlling her, where they are located, if um, if someone heard a voice. I can't remember who heard a voice, or if they told me that they heard a voice, but I think somebody told me that they heard a voice.
1: Uh, Someone did hear a voice, but no one told you that they did.
0: Nobody told me that they did, so never mind.
1: I
3: think it was
0: Okay, well...
3: um, At this point, Tulin would say, I heard something indistinct. Could have been mumbling from below decks somewhere.
5: Okay. So, um, with
0: that being said, there is, it it could be likely that this snake could be being controlled by somebody on deck, um, or not. Um, my question is, do I heal this snake and allow it an opportunity to possibly attack any of us again? But also give us the opportunity to possibly find the person that is controlling this snake. Or should we release her
5: permanently from this spell? I think Wilhelm asks,
2: it, is she going to make it?
0: I could attempt to treat her wounds and try, try to save her life. Um, I can't guarantee anything, but she could. Also, I can't remember, Aaron, how much did the spell use? I uh, used for um, the demonic possession spell break? How much did that cost?
1: Uh, I'm going to say that that just cost the regular two mana.
0: Okay. So, you know, um, we were sent to investigate... The ship as far as whether it's the true purpose or if it has anything to do with the missing crew people. I don't know. It could, but
2: um I think I think Wilhelm just goes, well, ship mysteriously disappeared fifty years ago. We're on it fifty years later, and we get attacked by a demonically possessed massive snake. Massive serpent here. I'd say maybe figuring out what the, the demonic presence is might lead us to some truth. Jesus, what did I sign up for? <laughs> Jumping. Great galloping Gandalar, what did I sign up for? <laughs> Wait a minute. You know about Gandalar, right? That's
0: that's like half your thing. Right, Fausta? Uh, half. I don't entirely understand what that means, but... Yes, I'm a follower of Gandalar.
2: Well, I mean, you do other things.
0: (laughs) I'm not going to dignify that with a response.
2: Well, you know, Gandalar's about, you know, finding truth and looking into the past. Could that- could that help? Here?
5: Um, I mean...
0: It could <laughs> yeah, it could how do you how do you mean I mean that's why I'm investigating the ship, I'm looking for Xavier, and now Edmund, and those
2: two are most certainly lost well, i mean you you tried to to help you know help the the one girl on the ship, you know recover. Recover memory of what may have happened. I I don't know if you can do that with animals, especially unconscious ones, but
0: I've never tried, but I I don't see why not. Gandalar Gandalar is, is not picky when it comes to the discover- rediscovery of lost things. So
3: At this point, Tulin looks at Fausta tears still streaking down his cheeks and gives her the saddest lizard eyes she's ever seen as he's stroking this baby's head and just tearfully says, Eve,
5: you have to save its mother.
0: (sighs) Alright, very well. Um, So I guess I've got quite the to-do list, Um, I suppose. I should probably recover the snake, help it heal if I can, and then try to recovery the snake mem recovery the snake memories. Yes, I just said that. Recover the snake's <laughs> memories.
1: Alright. Do so are you going to use uh magic or first aid to try to heal the snake?
0: I mean, since Tulin brained it, I imagine I probably should try to use magic. Okay. Okay, I got that one right on the nose.
1: Okay, Uh, so go ahead and roll one die for me to see how many points the snake recovers.
0: I got a five.
1: Okay, so the snake comes uh, back a little ways. Uh, you know, you managed to stitch together a good part of the wound there. Uh, the blood is not flowing nearly as badly. So the snake is still... It is not ready to go whooping its weight in Wildcats just yet, but it will eventually heal on its own.
0: Okay. Um, so Tulin, it is... It's still got a long recovery ahead of it, but it's not in immediate danger right now. So... um. Time to see if uh, I can speak snake memories. Hopefully they remember things in pictures. I got that one on the nose as well. My divine's magic's at 12, and then uh, I rolled a 12.
1: All right. So you feel the presence of Gondolar the Wanderer come into the area around you, and you feel like you're sort of being drawn together mind to mind with the snake and you find yourself standing in this same sort of forest clearing, except it's not really a forest yet at that point. It's just like a grove of short trees and some other crop plants growing around. And you realize that you're about 50 years ago gazing at the deck of the ship. Um, and you see this snake burst from one of the hatchways, which you weren't able to see before because it's covered by plant growth. And um, it bursts from this hatchway from below deck, dripping water. And you can see it, like, wrestling against itself, and you can see the symbols starting to come into place. And from behind it comes this hideous-looking creature. Um, it's A great big old honkin' spider, but it has, like, the upper torso of a humanoid demon of some kind. And it's got, like, these webs coming from the uh, abdomen that are it's sending out and sort of, like, wrapping around the snake. And as it gets close to the snake, the webs sort of turn into this energy and press themselves into the snake's hide. And, um, for a few minutes, the snake sort of, like, falls over and starts to drag itself up. And that is when the vision fades away.
5: Okay, well, it's a demon spider. It's a demon spider with a human torso. What? Mm-hmm. Um, hypnotic
0: webbing is <laughs> what has put the snake under a spell. So moving forward, I suppose we are looking for a demonic spider with a human torso, below deck. I imagine or on on this deck. So
5: Wilhelm just goes pale. <laughs>
3: Ulin timidly asks anyone nearby, Do you suppose demon spiders have families?
5: I... I don't know. Because I really want to kill it. I understand. Um... It might be a good idea, because
0: it might want to kill us, too. So, um... At this point, I think we should probably get out of this vicinity before the snake goes back under control. I don't, I can't guarantee that we won't run into it again, but um, I think we've had enough exploration for one morning. I think it's time to return, regroup, and recover.
2: Yep. And uh, (laughs) Wilhelm just like, yep. It just starts headed back towards the ship. <laughs> it just walks off to the side and throws up. Dulin <laughs>
3: <laughs> is kind of stroking the head of the of the baby Titanoboa and just whispering to it, Don't worry, little fellow. I will keep you safe until your mother recovers. And he brings it with him to the ship.
5: Is it going to eat Pelly? I bet it'll
2: struggle to eat Pelly because Pelly has antlers. Mm. Okay. I mean, it might it might be able to, but you know, I don't know. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure it doesn't.
4: Pip's gonna bow his head, bring his hands together, and say, "Thank you." Oh great Thessaline for protecting us in this battle which we've just had. And he's slowly just gonna turn and start walking back to the ship.
1: Alright. So you guys make it back to the ship, and um the crew spot you guys and Malin kind of points and uh, you can see him relax a little bit. There they are And um in a rare display of uh, a lack of decorum, Vagnera leaps off the rail of the ship and glides down and uh, leaps off the rail of the Scarlet Keelan and glides down and just like <laughs> pulls Fausta into a hug. <laughs> and he says, We heard what was happening out there. Are you all alright? Is everyone... D- el- oh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: No, you go, dear. I was just going to do the meme, the uh, there's the meme, uh, astronaut comes back from Earth, comes out of the, the ship and says, moon's haunted. And they're like, what? And he <laughs> cocks a shotgun and says, moon's haunted and goes back, <laughs> back to the moon. <laughs> so I was going to say, like, infested <laughs> with demons. <laughs> but no, go ahead. Let's Let's do the serious line.
0: I mean, I was just going to repeat it to all of y'all, because Fausta is, I mean, physically unscathed. And at this point, I don't necessarily think she's mentally scathed either. I think she's just like, yeah, I'm fine. There's a giant snake who is possessed by a spider demon, and this spider demon can... Um, bewitch men. So I'm fine. Are are you all, are you three fine?
1: Other than worrying after you four, everything's been fine here.
0: Well, that's good. Um, remember, you are in charge when we are gone, so if anything horrible happens, I trust that you will take care to ensure the crew's safety.
1: Of course. Might I suggest, Miss Fausta, that perhaps we should work out a series of symbols with the shanty man, so if something does happen aboard ship while you're away, we can signal for you.
0: I think that's a great idea. Yes. Um,
5: and we should probably do the same, just in case, uh, we
0: need you to run and we have to stay.
1: So, so. Uh, Varela comes a little ways down the gangplank, and she's kind of looking out into the overgrowth, and she says, Do you think we should camp here for the night? And Malin kind of looks at her like, What is she saying? (laughs) I think she means, Should we pull away if we're going to rest with that thing out there? And Varela kind of shakes her head and goes, "Uh, Yes, yes, that's what I meant.
0: Um, I think we should change positions. I think we need to go to a different part of the ship. I don't necessarily want to meet reme- this snake, and I feel like there's more clues underneath, and we can work our way up. We need to go deeper. And I've quite had enough of jungles for a day.
2: Um, Aaron, can I make yeah. an observation roll on Varela real quick? Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um... Fausta did inform us of what she was warned about with, like... Yes, and you were in the
1: room for that. Okay, that's right, so...
2: um, I rolled a 7. My observation skill is 12.
1: So, you notice, Wilhelm, that Varela seems... her attention seems to be like continually drawn off in the direction kind of below decks, like where Tulin indicated he heard that strange indistinct voice from it's almost like it seems like she doesn't even notice that she's doing it it's like a compulsion on her part like she just keeps looking down there and there's almost like a uh, like a longing look in her eyes okay thank you
2: i will figure out how to relay that information later
1: you so uh you guys are getting back aboard
2: ship yes yes Okay, so...
3: pullin is going to stop Fausta and say, but if we leave, we may never find his mother.
5: Do you think he would be alright by himself? Um, Fausta is going to look at Wilhelm and Wagnera.
2: Um, and uh, Wilhelm just <laughs> he sighs and goes, hey, Hey, buddy, um, you, it might be best to leave the young one, you know, topside here with his mother, because even even with everything going on, it seems like she's been taking care of her young. So he might be better suited here than than following us around. We You don't even know when the last time it was he ate, Um, if we, if we have anything for him to eat on board.
3: Yes, that makes sense. if
0: we leave him, he could become possessed.
2: I mean, there. I mean, yeah. That that is also a reality. But he isn't possessed now. This is true. And and did you relay to us like the context of everything you saw? Because I know Aaron described it being fifty years ago. But did you did you relay that to us?
0: Um. I would say yes. I just gave you the short play version as the car- as the player, but yeah, I would say okay. that y'all probably
2: okay. Because I, know. you know, just to set up what like I'm about to say, I don't want to act on knowledge that I wouldn't already have. But why? Why is? Why are they not already possessed?
0: I guess we uh can figure and- that out once we find the demons.
2: And I think we're going to need to because I I think we're, we should be more concerned about certain of certain members here, you know, coming under that spell more so than this young snake.
3: Tulin starts kind of looking pensive off in the distance. Does anyone know how to tell a boy snake from a girl snake? I mean, I've been calling him little fella, but I don't actually know.
2: Well, that's the, that's the limits of my expertise, and Wilhelm just kind of walks, <laughs> walks off deck and says, Fausta, we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit later. Uh, find me in my room. Alright. Uh. <laughs> um. Maybe,
3: maybe this demon only can possess females. I mean, obviously it possessed the mother snake. And the females, according to what you told us, the females on on the, the RI ship, uh you know, they they also felt this strange compulsion. But this this snake is totally unaffected.
5: Very good observation, Tulin. It's very possible.
3: But I don't know if it's because it's a boy snake or just a baby snake but it is kind of odd this is the only one we found
5: uh yes
0: um i don't have i'm not much of a snake expert myself um i can't say i've observed the uh sex of a snake before so i imagine it's something like a grawl though right
3: oh boy Tulin just blushes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so.
3: If you don't know what you're looking for, it can be kind of tough. And, you know, we have legs and stuff, so we're not quite snakes. Uh-huh. Um... Tulin just kind of turns around and starts looking at the snake, trying to give it privacy from everyone else. <laughs> it he doesn't see anything indicative of anything.
5: <laughs> hmm. Well, I mean, if you must know
0: there there might be somebody on the ship who can help you, but I certainly can't, even though I think it's a great hypothesis and I think it's something that we should remember. Um anyways, I need to go rest.
3: Yes. I think Mr. Wilhelm is right. We should probably leave this fellow here with his mother, or her mother, its mother. He walks not out of sight of the ship, but a little bit closer to to the mother snake, where there's some dense growth so that the snake has a little bit of cover, and then he lets it go and heads back to the ship.
1: And the snake's just like... The baby snake's just kind of oblivious to all this. You set it down and it's just like, oh, cool, I'm on the ground again. <laughs> Slithers <laughs> off into the grass. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, you guys are boarding ship and pulling away from the top deck is what I'm hearing.
2: I believe that was the captain's orders.
1: All right. So as the crew undergoes this... um. Were Wilhelm and Fausta going to have the conversation you mentioned right away, or are you going to have that conversation later?
0: I mean, I think this is the first time that Wilhelm has asked Fausta to come speak to him, so she imagines that it's probably something urgent. Um, So she's going to head there and then mm. head off to Roost.
1: Alright, so... Uh the two of you make it to Wilhelm's quarters.
2: Yeah. Uh Wilhelm just says, Hey, um you you remember what we were warned about by Queerdon, about the the weird coincidence of of females aboard the ships, of women aboard the ships just being, you know, exhibiting weird behaviors. So, you know, I don't know if you noticed, Varela, but I, I think that might have something to do with the Fathomless Heaven, and it might have something to do with some of what we've encountered. So, uh, you know, we definitely need to exercise some caution here.
0: Agreed. She, uh, spoke to me of hearing voices last night. Have, um,
1: have you been hearing any voices?
0: I've not heard any
1: voices. And that's what I'm going to ask for a will roll from Fausta.
2: <laughs> oh, man.
5: <laughs> so I made that by one. <laughs> so as you say that,
1: Fausta... um You don't hear anything, but you do feel kind of like on the edge of your consciousness, just sort of this alien sort of presence that just sort of like brushes your mind for a moment and then vanishes.
5: Oh, man. That was strange. Um, no, I haven't heard any voices, Wilhelm. I
2: am very unsettled by the fact that we're we're dealing with i mean you know if it wasn't bad enough that our own you know dare i say colleagues have already attacked us with with summoned demons just trying to get to this damn ship the fact that we get here and it seems that This is intrinsically something that's wrong, that's probably at the root of everything. And I'm hypothesizing here. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't deal well with that. I don't have the skill set. And let's just say I've had some experiences. But I'm here to do what you need me to do. But if we when we go back on that ship, we need to go with a game plan, and I think right now you're the best person suited to help us deal with this stuff you You have experience with the arcane and with the divine. I don't know of anybody else on the ship who does. I certainly don't um but we definitely need to get the core crew together and talk about how we're gonna tackle this. Um, Especially, I, I don't think things could have gone much worse than they did when we set foot on this damn ship. But now we have an idea of what we're dealing with. So, you know, it's in your hands, you're the captain. But I think I think we're dealing with something a little bit bigger than all of us.
0: Yes, I think you may be correct. And that could be... Maybe that's one of the reasons why Everick sent me. I don't know, um and I'm sorry wilhelm i didn't I don't want to intentionally put anybody in harm's way or cause any more stress or discomfort on anyone, but we have to know what's going on, and we have to find Edmund
2: I agree. That so, be, before you go rest, did Everick indicate to you that that there was anything suspicious, suspiciously arcane? That that that's part of this this true meaning uh, or true purpose of the of the ship? No, he
0: he told me that. Xavier, his colleague from several years ago, alluded to what the ship's true purpose was that night, 50, 50... over 50 years ago, before the ship's... the night before the ship sailed. And I... I asked further, and he... did not share, so... I hate to think that Everick would be setting, sending us directly into danger but at this point I don't know what it is he's hoping for us to uncover and I don't know the dangers that
2: await boy uh, I do not envy you right now well I know you're there's still plenty of daylight and you're the one who usually sleeps at this time but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worn out
0: Wilhelm The past few days, the experiences that we've seen together, you've seemed very on edge and very easily shaken. Is there anything I can do to help? I don't know. Are you going to be okay moving forward?
2: I don't know. But I'm going to try. The fact that I'm even on the ship right now... Talking to anyone... Is... For me, enough evidence that, uh... I think I can be okay.
0: I see, well... I don't... I'm not here to push you... To talk if you don't want to, but... If you do need anything, even just a ear, please let me know.
5: Thank you, fast yes, I will.